Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nixetner Geology Podcast, Episode 105, Downtown Backstory. Thanks for listening. Oh boy, this is, oh man, this is going to be one of those. Really, this is going to be one of those. One of those episodes where the guy talks about himself for a half an hour. And hardly talks about geology at all. Yeah, I think I think that's what this is going to be. Now, hear me out. There's a reason. There's a reason for the season, and it is springtime here, man. It fe- the birds are chirping, bijou's outside. I'm here at home in the basement, in the litter box studios. And uh, boy, I love early March. College basketball tournament time. March madness. Winter quarters wrapping up. Time to get back outside, time to get in the field, all sorts of really great things about March, and I hope everything's going well with you. That's right. Yesterday, I recorded one of these, and here I am back again. So I I, I wasn't screwing around. I wasn't kidding. Yesterday, I recorded Ginkgo Lava Flow, or Ginkgo Flow, to get that off my mind, and now I am thinking about the downtown lecture series. And so why am I going to talk about myself today? This is all in the name of getting the juices flowing and returning to a format that really started all of this stuff. And so I do think that today I simply want to tell you a story about why and how I started doing these downtown lectures here in Ellensburg, Washington, USA, and the the flavor of that, the backstory, the different venues that I used, why I was doing it, and how that downtown series was a springboard for all these other things that I've been doing. And to be totally honest, I never really kind of landed on that idea that the downtown stuff is the is the kind of foundation of all of this. Until this morning, as I was just kind of thinking, yeah, I should do another episode. It's a, it's mid-afternoon. I was at school all morning and a lot of student visits and getting getting the quarter wrapped up and students stressing about this and that and registering for next quarter and permission numbers. and oh, that's, that's the day job. But I came home for lunch and let Bijou out in the backyard and had a little bit of lunch. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to come down here and and do this one. So, if you're still with me, three minutes into this episode, let me explain what I'm up to. And I think I do have some homework for you, believe it or not. If you're interested, it's optional. It's optional homework, but I have some homework because I'm struggling a little bit at the moment. And I think I need a nudge uh, from somebody besides myself. So, as I mentioned quickly last time, and I'm going to mention quickly right now, I am doing four lectures in four nights in late March of 2023. Wednesday night, March 29th, and then the Thursday night, Friday night, and the finale is uh, Saturday, April 1st, 2023. Four nights in a row, the Morgan Performing Arts Center, otherwise known as the Morgan Auditorium, otherwise known as a frickin' middle school, but there's this beautiful old 1920s architecture that was thankfully preserved after many school bonds to (laughs) demolish the thing, 
Finally, enough people saw the light to preserve that old building, and that includes this beautiful auditorium, which I have a lot of history with personally. I, I did some community theater in there with, um, well, we don't have to get into all that, but I was trying to get my boys interested in community theater. It didn't really work, uh, but at least they were down there a lot as I was rehearsing and was performing with um, some groups when my kids were young. That must have been 15, 20 years ago. And that's before the auditorium was renovated and it was hot as hell in there and no air conditioning in the summer and the performances were in July and full orchestra and everybody's sweating profusely. Seems like a million years ago, to be honest. So I love that auditorium and I was just there this past weekend with my wife Liz. We went to what we normally do to kind of celebrate the end of winter. We went to the high school musical in the ad auditorium and... Uh, I thought, you know what? I'm happy that I'm doing these downtown lectures again because I do. I forgot. I hadn't been in that auditorium for a few years for obvious reasons. So it's just great to be back into it. So what's the homework? Well, I think this, I know, I'm going to force myself. I'm going to do four of these radio episodes uh, this week. This is the first of four downtown radio episodes. And my plan is to just throw a bunch of stuff out there into this microphone. And my hope is that if you are willing and interested, I'd like you to email me some feedback. And I'm not even really sure what I'm asking for. We'll see what this first one is like, but maybe you'll wait until you hear all four of these. And then you can send me an email. My email address is nick, N-I-C-K, at geology.cwu.edu. And what I'm struggling with is, is how I can take the last three years' worth of learning and get it down to four lectures. And I've been playing around mentally with that and writing a few things out in the backyard and mumbling to myself as I walk back and forth to school. And I, and I don't like what I have so far. And so if I, if I do these four radio episodes with you, possibly you'll give me a, an idea or two that I don't have. And I would be thankful um, if you could provide that nudge. And I don't know how many emails I'll get. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to reply to each one. But um, anyway, that that's out there if you feel like you want to help. And bonus points, if you've watched the last three alphabets. I mean, that's 78. What's 12 times 3? I think it's 78. That's 78 live streams, each of them like 90 minutes long. That's a lot of time broadcasting and learning. And how am I going to have... 78 episodes boiled down to four. Okay, well, that's not the objective today. No, let me share what I, what I have in mind then. So today I want to give you the back the backstory about why I was doing the downtown series to begin with and why I think it did serve its purpose and why it doesn't have to be past tense anymore. I want to continue. And then the next downtown radio episode, maybe tomorrow, I don't know, will be looking at the first alphabet series called Exotic Terrain, summarizing that in 30 minutes. Then the next one will be the next alphabet series 
Crazy Eocene, and the final of the four radio episodes that I'm doing here in the next few days will be trying to just verbally summarize what I did with the Baja BC series. That's the plan. And just this exercise of trying to distill things and get the tone right and maybe ask you a few questions just openly like this, um, maybe you'd have some feedback for me. And if not, maybe this is somehow interesting to you regardless. Okay, well, let, at the eight-minute eight mark, let's get into this one. I do want to spend today talking about the background to why I was giving these lectures and why I think it worked and why I want to continue much of that tone later this month. Okay, well, it goes something like this. The first time I gave a downtown lecture was in spring of 2010. And I, to that point, I'd only done a few um, TV interviews for local television called KCWU. This is like cable TV, only broadcast in the valley. So I was basically making programs for people in town and, and farmers out in Badger Pocket who may or may not have known some of the people that I was working with. So I was interviewing just basically people that I work with. And that, you know, was fine. That was a start. It was called Central Rocks. They, they still exist. I suppose some of them are still on my YouTube channel or my, my website. Um, so there was a guy who lived in town who was kind of an entrepreneur, and he watched a few of those Central Rocks interviews, so he kind of knew who I was from that. And he had heard that I was leading some free public field trips, but he had no interest in geology, really, except just you know occasionally running into it. But the entrepreneur part of him was there was, a, there was an old family-run business called Button Jewelers. The Button family owned uh, a jewelry shop on the corner of Fourth and Pine. And this guy bought Button Jewelers after they closed their business. He gutted this building in this old part of Ellensburg. So this is a building that was created after the Ellensburg fire in 1890, 1889. So this old kind of rotten brick on the outside. But he, he stripped that old jewelry shop clean and created something called raw space. So he created this bar and he created this stage and this uh, kind of uh, dance floor. And it was a cool kind of funky spot. And he had uh, a music scene going on in the weekends there. Rock bands, mostly. Uh, and, you know, um, sometimes some rather impressive rock acts. A, a particularly memorable show. So I used to go to a number of those. Our, our kids were in high school at the time. Um, Alan Stone, who's now a pretty well-known uh, soul singer, a kid who grew up north of Spokane, amazing voice, kind of sounds like Stevie Wonder. But he's got his own style. Uh, Alan Stone played that, that joint a couple of times. And it was a small but loyal group of music fans that were there. Well, anyway, this guy, I can't remember his name anymore. It might have been Don. Don said, uh, hey, geology guy, um, I've got this venue, but there's nothing going on during the week. Would you be interested in giving some 
geology talks, and do you think anybody would come? Like on a Wednesday night. And I said, well, I can give it a try, sure. And I think some people will come. It's mostly old people that come on these field trips, but, you know, there's enough people who know me now that I think if I advertise it, if you advertise it, there'd be some people that come. So in, I think it was May of 2010, I gave six lectures every Wednesday night for six weeks. And the first lecture I gave was on Mount Stewart and the Mount Stewart Batholith. And whether it was moved north from Mexico or whether it got tilted in place. Well, it's kind of a ballsy choice looking back on it, that that would be the first lecture I would give, a rather controversial topic. And yeah, maybe 70 people showed up, 75 people showed up, maybe 100, I don't know, by the time there was a little bit of word of mouth. Again, mostly old folks. I don't remember anybody from the geology department coming necessarily, but you know, I knew most of the folks in the, in the group, and they were, they were old-timers who had lived their lives in the valley, many of them gone by now, of course. Makes me sad to think about that. And if I occasionally see old photos of some of those gatherings, it does make me sad. But I didn't record them. I just gave those six talks. And then during that summer, I remember it was more than a, one person. It was maybe a few dozen that said, uh, I missed it. I heard you gave those geology talks, and uh, I really wanted to go to those, but I didn't hear about it. It was till too late. Could you? Are you going to do any more of those downtown? And if you do them, could you like, uh, you know, have somebody like record it with a movie camera or something? <laughs> you know, this is 2010. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll think about it. But enough people requested that that. I did six more in the fall of 2010, and I picked the same six topics, starting with Mount Stewart, but I added. So I, I gave a more advanced talk for each of those six topics, and those still live on YouTube. So the first one that was recorded was called Mount Stewart, A Closer Look, which is the, you know, the idea that we'd already looked at Mount Stewart a few months earlier, but now here I was back again uh, doing a little bit more detail with that. Well, Don had to buy chairs. He didn't have enough chairs because it was a dance hall. He didn't have any lights uh, to light up the stage except for the lights used for the music acts. I had to bring in some, I think I brought in a whiteboard and, a, and one little chalkboard, and the lighting was god-awful. And so if you happen to find those first six downtown lectures at Raw Space, you can't even see what I'm doing on the board. It's all bleached out. It's way too hot. And, uh, you know, my, my teaching style was there because I've had practice for, you know, 20 years by that point. But, boy, the video quality was awful. And if you read the comments on that video, it's you know, all these folks saying, why would you record that if you can't even see what you're doing up there? You know, that sort of thing. But that was the beginning. And fast forward to, no, no, what, what should I do? So I, I used Raw Space for maybe two years. I can't remember. And then pretty quickly, uh, that was too small. Don didn't have enough chairs. And there was kind of standing room only. 
And so then I switched the venues the next time I tried it. And I'd fallen into this routine of every year I would do four new lectures. And I, I always did it on Wednesday nights for whatever reason. So I did four Wednesday nights in a row. So I switched to the Ellensburg Public Library. But annexed to the Ellensburg Public Library is something called the Hal Holmes Center, which still exists. So I worked with the manager of that space, and there was a little stage, and they did have folding chairs, and they had better lighting. And I still had Rick Spencer from the university uh, come and film those. So they were put on the uh, Central Washington University YouTube channel. And I don't know if you've seen any of these, by the way, but if you have, um, I did, I did uh, downtown lectures for sure, at that hell home space for, uh, I don't know how many there are. Maybe there's a total of 20 of them there from the hell home space. So for a number of years, I did it from there. But I was still not happy with the recording. And sometimes the video quality was great and the audio wasn't so good. Occasionally, the vice versa. Uh, one famous example, which was kind of where I was getting up, upset about the arrangement, is that somebody forgot to hit record. <laughs> I did this whole lecture in front of this room of 200 people and didn't have any video. So I went in the next day and did the whole lecture again to an empty room. And that's the Lake Chelan <laughs> downtown lecture. I acted my ass off, pretending I was interacting with the group and everything, but there's no wide shots of the audience because there was nobody in the room. And so then I went with a student group to record them. So four of the lectures are really bad, uh, audio and video-wise. But I still thought that the lectures were good. And the gimmick of the lecture was I was learning new things on my own. I was putting the lecture together specifically for that downtown venue. And it was kind of a weird uh, pattern where I would never give the lecture except that night. So like the first time I'd given or taught that material was the time that I was recording it. There was no rehearsal. There wasn't any like practice teaching this stuff. It's just like, you got one time to do it. Just go for it. And the, the kind of uh, the stress of that and the energy required to do that was at the moment like a lot. I always remember talking to Liz, like, why am I doing this to myself? I'm so locked in and worried about rehearsing all these things and every, you know, all these slides and everything else. But I was talking to people in the room, and by now there's 200 or 250 people that are packing this Hal Holmes thing, and people are coming early. You know, they're showing up at half an hour early to get their seat and everything. We're still in the Hal Holmes Center. But I was picking topics like flood basalts in the Pacific Northwest or ancient rivers in the Pacific Northwest or great earthquakes in the Pacific Northwest. And those still are on YouTube and they, they've been watched more than a million times now. I mean, it's, uh, they, they continue to have life and, and, and I'm taking local things in Washington here and I'm talking to people in the room who live in town or maybe live in Yakima or something, but there, I, I'm sure there was nobody, or I'm guessing there was nobody in the audience from out of, out of central Washington. So it didn't matter that I was talking about something local and that I was talking to local people. 
the videos were very popular worldwide. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why, but I think it was the pace. I think it was my style. I think they were full of detail. They were full of data. Um, and that I was using a chalkboard. I don't think that hurt me. You know, I, I, I'm just gathering why they were popular with people and continue to be popular just by reading the, the comments. But something was going on with those lectures as they sat there and continued to rack up these view numbers. And yes, it was my first indication that something local would be so popular globally. So if you have been with me the last three years and I'm live streaming to people around the world and they're loyal viewers of the YouTube channel, it wasn't a total shock, I guess, that I was getting people from different countries as I was talking about something happening 30 miles from my backyard. Because those downtown things, I'd already kind of seen that there was kind of a, a wide appeal People were feeding off of the energy and, well, I don't, I don't know. If, if, I, if I do more of that, then I will sound like way over the top in this radio episode. I, you know, you, you, can, you can maybe, well, you maybe have your own ideas why those downtown lectures seem to work. And I continue to get emails from people who see what I've been doing the last three years, and they say, yeah, that's all fine, what you're doing, the backyard stuff, the field stuff, the... The split screen with the live geology, that's all fine, but there's nothing better than those downtown lectures. You need to go back to doing those. And so I am, in part because I keep hearing that message from people. Well, to finish the venue part of this, and then I guess I have a couple questions for you. I outgrew the Hal Home Center. And so 2019 was the last year that I did them. For obvious reasons, 2020, I had the, the, the venue set and I had the lectures ready to go and I was in the middle of kind of getting them ready detail-wise and then the world shut down. But I did make the move to this Morgan Auditorium in 2019 and I was extremely pleased with the venue. Suddenly there's 720 seats as opposed to you know 200 folding chairs that we would have to set up before each lecture and take them down after the lecture. I remember that. So this is like a permanent auditorium with permanent seating. It's air-conditioned. The lighting's great. Uh, family friend, Mike McCloskey, uh, who's a longtime teacher at the middle school, is the manager of the place. I visit his middle school classroom every quarter. So I have kept up with Mike. It's easy to uh, reserve the auditorium. There's many, many pluses for using that venue. And we will see at the end of the month if 720 seats are enough. I mentioned it in the last episode, so I won't bother repeating myself here, but hopefully that will be just the right size for what we want to do. And so it's been four years since I've done any downtown lectures, and I'm returning to that. Okay, well, so what's different? What's different at the 23-minute mark here? What's different about these upcoming downtown lectures from the... <laughs> 25 or whatever I just said, the, the, the couple of dozen downtown lectures that still exist on YouTube that I've done before. Well, what's different is I've learned an incredible amount about exotic terrains, and I'm pretty sure that I want to just boil them down to four lectures. 
So that's one new thing. Instead of learning a bunch of detailed stuff for one hour lecture, which was my approach before, and I would you know be learning by email from geologists and I'd be reading scientific papers and just cobbling a lecture together. In other words, I was building four lectures from scratch and learning and reading scientific papers specifically for those four lectures. Well, that's different now because I'm almost doing the opposite having this thought right now with you. I've done a lot of that detailed learning, but it wasn't for one particular lecture. It was for a whole series. And as I've mentioned, there's there's 78, <laughs> 78 shows on YouTube, and I want to go the opposite way. I want to take all that stuff and boil it down. So that's a new, that's a new, maybe that's why I'm struggling. This is a new thing for me to try to boil things down as opposed to build things up from scratch. Interesting. That is a new thought. What else is different? Well, as I mentioned last time, I'm only going to advertise these talks here and on my YouTube channel. And so I'm guessing, but I don't know, that the usual crowd of old-timers who live in town are not going to hear about it. And I don't think I'm going to be too bothered by that. Uh, mainly because I'm worried about space. But I'm also saying, I don't know, but I'm guessing that instead of me talking to a few hundred people who live in central Washington, I think there's going to be a lot of people from Seattle, Portland, outside of the state, a few flying in from other countries. And so it's, it's definitely going to feel different and here's my questions to you. Here are my questions to you. Number one, I'm leaning this way, but I'm not sure. What do you think about this? I don't think I want to refer to the YouTube stuff. I think if the downtown, if the old down, if the first 25 downtown lectures are just ignoring YouTube and just saying, hey, I've made these lectures for you guys who live here in town, basically. And let me share my excitement with you. Um, I'm thinking I want to do that same thing. Basically, I, w I think I want to pretend that I'm talking to a group of 600 where everybody lives in town, knowing full well that almost nobody lives in town. But I, I'm thinking that might be the, the way to match what I was doing with these earlier downtown lectures. Do you know what I mean? And to play on that a little bit, I think the tone might be wrong if I'm constantly like referring to inside jokes like Larry the Ladder and Bijou the Cat and Sorry Patrick and all this stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't like being on the outside. I don't like when I'm in a uh, in some, some setting and everybody knows some inside references and I don't I don't know what they're talking about. That doesn't feel good. And I think if 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 somebody five years from now stumbles onto this lecture that has been recorded and I'm referring to all this inside stuff with the crowd, that viewer is going to be like, I don't get half this stuff. This isn't for me. And, and, and it just won't, it won't have the right tone. You know, just generally, I don't like this clickishness. 
I mean, you know, I've already railed on that with academia and ivory tower stuff. Everybody's so inward looking and it's all, it's all small scale and it's all, we're in the same club together and everybody out of the club is a bunch of losers. That's never set out right, but that's kind of the impression. I've never been comfortable with that. I like being an outsider. I, I like dealing with people outside of some group. So I am maybe more sensitive to the about that issue than most, that I want to be as inclusive as possible. And so if I if I just ignore all the detailed YouTube stuff and live streaming stuff and backyard this and chalkboards that, uh, I think that's the direction I want to go. I don't know if you agree with me. What do you think about that? Of course, the most help that I could get from you is coming from the next three radio episodes where, especially if you've been with me for the last three winters, I'm looking for what themes or what parts of the last three winters really excited you. And you're like, you're doing the greatest hits of the last three alphabets? You better make sure that you have that or that. Like, that was that was great. And I don't know. Uh, my instincts are to just please myself. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I, I, my instincts are to cut the stuff that I was bored by and to amplify the stuff that I personally was very interested in as opposed to trying to guess what the audience will like the best. That's really never been my approach. But with these lectures, I, I don't know. If I just listen to my, I think I answered my own question. I'm not going to be able to deliver a good lecture if I'm not that excited about it. So I think I just answered my question. I am going to follow my instincts and amplify things that I thought were particularly exciting. For instance, the lower mantle tomography with Carr and Siglock. I mean, to me, there's nothing better than that for a number of reasons, and we'll get into it in the next couple of radio episodes. But again, if you want to email me now, or if you want to email me after listening to three more of these downtown at radio episodes, your call. Or if you never want to email me, screw you. Do your own work. I'm just I'm just riding a tractor right now. Get get off my back. I totally get it. We're fine. We're fine. But I'm. I'm, uh, I'm kind of paralyzed at the moment. And I will eventually get off of that. Probably by next week, I'll just sit outside and just keep sketching things out, drawing things out, basically trying to free myself up by like, what am I going to do? Because I, I do want the format. I'll, that's how we'll finish here today. The first 20 years of my teaching career, I used chalkboards every day. No exaggeration. Chalkboards. I did a TED Talk on that. I just talked about how the, the power of drawing on a chalkboard and and how that's still the way to go with an audience of all ages, not just old people being nostalgic for the sound of clickety-clackety chalk on a chalkboard. So that stays, and that's that's a big part of what I do. And so the format in the first downtown lecture up until 2019, those are the most recent downtown lectures. I do 30 minutes of chalkboard and I do 30 minutes of slides. And that's, I'm not getting away from that. That's not a negotiable thing. That is a formula that works. So what I was about to say is, 
I, I think the exercise I'm going to try to do, in addition to reading all your emails and comments, I'm going to thank you ahead of time for taking the time to send a couple thoughts, is I'm just going to sit down with a bunch of blank paper and I'm just going to practice drawing what I'm going to do for those 30 minutes for each of those four shows. And if I have 700 people in the room, I can't be doing a bunch of detailed, tiny stuff on these chalkboards. Nobody, nobody's going to be able to see it. So I'm going to be practicing drawing like big cartoonish sketches, I guess. In other words, they have to be kind of simplistic as they are on the chalkboard and written in a nice large way so that everybody in the room can see it. So that's going to break the logjam a little bit, I think, for me to just start drawing things out. That usually does. But again, what, what, what narratives am I, am I choosing? Last comment. I'm leaning this way, but I'm not sure. And I may have said this in the last episode too. I don't think these four lectures are going to be connected for a couple of reasons. One, I think some will be in from out of town and they'll be there for all four. In other words, four nights in a row, they'll be there for all four. Garrett the Dutch Night Owl, for instance, is flying in from the Netherlands. He'll be there for all four. And they'll be hanging out at Vinman's each day or what? I don't know. Uh, but I don't think a majority of the crowd will be there all four nights. So in other words, I think that's a little ambitious to expect people to go to all four together. But more importantly, I know how YouTube algorithms work by now. And I know that there's rarely a rhyme or reason for people finding your stuff and they don't watch them in order or whatever. I mean, even even the Alphabet series, the whole gimmick of the Alphabet was making sure that people knew there were 26 shows that built upon each other. And I would regularly refer to earlier letters in the Alphabet so people knew if they happened to stumble into X, they had a bunch of earlier letters to watch. Well, with these four lectures, yes, I'm going to summarize the exotic terrains and all that stuff I've been learning in the North Cascades and beyond, but the more I think about it, I don't want them to be four Mount Stewart lectures, but instead I want them to stand alone. And I want them to work independent of each other, knowing full well that, that somebody in Morocco is going to watch Friday night's lecture and nothing else. You know, in, in 15 years from now, they're going to watch Friday night show just by accident, and then they won't even know there are others probably. So I'm pretty sure I want them to be four standalone lectures. But how? How can I find those four themes? How can I break out those four specific narratives? And it has to be a narrative. It just can't be a list of facts and dates. I think, I think that's also clear by now that I need a narrative. I need a theme for each of those four. So I've got some ideas, but I'm not going to share them now, and I might share them uh, later, but maybe I won't share them later either. I'll just kind of report on what bubbles up in my mind, and then, again, if this works, I'm confident that a few of you will, will give me some thoughts that I don't have, and uh, 
that would be a fun little symbiotic result of this radio series experience. Okay, well, I think I'm I think I'm done for this one. The downtown lectures. I mean, this was probably a painful one to listen to if you've never seen one of these downtown lectures. Uh, but there's a couple dozen of them of various topics, various venues. But what's the th common theme between all those downtown events, uh, uh, lectures? Me, 30 minutes of chalkboard, 30 minutes of slide, and me talking to a bunch of local residents about how Beautiful, complicated, powerful, stimulating, inspiring Washington geology can be. And I think I need to stick with that, even when we're going into these crazy topics that we've been talking about recently with Baja BC. Okay. Thank you, dear listener. I appreciate your time today. I love you, and we'll see you next time, which is probably pretty soon. Have a good day. Goodbye.